BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo. Do Simmo, Do Simmo, the podcast that you know. Welcome into the Do Simmo podcast recording. It's on a Monday night. The long seven game trip is all over. We didn't know what to expect, but I'm not sure we expected a five and two road trip. The Kings did win five games, ultimately falling short tonight in Cleveland to a Cavs team. That is beyond red hot. They're now 14-2 and two in 2024. In fact, December 15th, the Cavs were 13-12 and 12 in ninth place in the East. As it stands tonight, 32-16, and 16, now in second in the East. They're red hot. They look like a well-oiled machine against a Kings defense that had its issues tonight. The Cavs beat the Kings in Cleveland 136-110. to 110. Sacramento now 29 and 20 on the season. Each and every one of our podcasts presented by friends at Northwest Exteriors. Check out TrustNorthwest.com. I'm Deuce Mason. That's Morgan Reagan, who just got back from San Francisco after hosting Kings pre and post. How you doing? I'm good. Yeah? I love I love when that's always my answer. I think that's my answer, whether they win or lose. Like it, But it just, it will sound different. You know, it's, it's how I say it. And I'm still, I'm good. I'm solid. I... I think you and I talked about this for a second right when I got done with the post-game show. You were getting done, wrapping things up. And we were like, gosh, kind of weird. Not super upset about that loss, but maybe it's because how we keep looking at that loss and bundling it up in this road trip and going, you know what? Yeah. I'm not too mad. Now, 
I think there's a lot of different things that break down from tonight's game because it was against such a good team, you know, where there's other teams along this road trip that we keep talking about. Hey, you're supposed to get that when you're supposed to do this. But tonight felt like there's a lot of good, but then a lot of bad when it came to the defensive side. So we're going to definitely talk about this game. We're going to take a step back and look at the road trip as a whole, how we felt after this road trip. And we're going to talk some NBA trade deadline. That is coming up oh. Thursday. We will be live on our YouTube channel that morning, youtube.com slash at deuce and mo we'll be live reacting to all the deals as they happen and he's not kidding when he says that morning like we it's tra nba trade deadline day it's such a and i hate saying it like this because it's such a sad day for so many people like obviously players and everyone it's such a fun day for us because of you know it's rumors it's change it's excitement yeah. you, you see it as like drama and rea it's like reality television you know unfolding in something that you love so much basketball but Morgan, that is why we're on all day i have a hard time sleeping the night before the deadline it's like christmas it, no it is i know and I know. so I, i'm not kidding you if something big happens, we're going to be live. live. And it may be at an odd hour. You're going to be like, what, do some more live at 1230? What? Got to do, do it, I guess. We got to talk about this big trade. And it's like, Dorian Finney-Smith goes back to Dallas for a second round pick. How pissed would you be if I hit you up more? It's like, hey, we got to go live. Oh, God, the Kings make something. No, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith head back to Dallas. I you think we should talk? You, you got this. <laughs> I'll see you in a couple hours. Oh, man. Uh, so, yes, we'll be live on Thursday. So, let's talk about this game. And, yeah, I actually, uh, while I was waiting for you to get back from San Francisco, I went back and watched all of the Cavs' three-point makes tonight. They were 23 of 41 from downtown. I know. And coming in tonight, you're like, they're not a great three-point shooting team. On the whole, you're right, but recently during this stretch where they've been absolutely red hot, they were one of the better three-point shooting teams. I think in the last 10 games coming into tonight, they were top five in three-point makes, mm. top just outside the top 10 in three-point percentage. I think what's so fascinating about this Cavs team, not to spend so much time specifically on them, is when they started 13 and 12, they had injuries to Evan Mobley and the Darius Garland. Like It's not like they've been all healthy. And I think there was some concern that what was it going to look like when those guys got back? That other group had a ton of chemistry. Well, tonight, you saw a lot of good. And Garland's not all the way back. He was questionable headed into tonight. Jared Allen questionable headed into tonight's game. They looked awesome tonight. Um, I think first things first, you know, Sacramento to me tonight, offensively, it's like they were they were knocking down shots. I, I felt like the yeah. offense, you're like, all right. You're, I mean, you hit 17 of 44 from three tonight. You knocked down the three-point shot. I think tonight the big difference was you could tell the Cavs were like, this Kings team is on the final game of a seven-game trip. Mm -hmm. We are going to carve them up. We're going to push, push, push. The number that jumped out to me most tonight, yeah, 31 fast break points. The most that Huge. The, the most that the Kings have allowed this year. You know, the Kings are a pretty good transition defense team, too. They get back, even after mistakes. Well, tonight they had 12 turnovers that turned into 17 points, but pushing. And it just put so much pressure on the Kings defense and collapsed the defense. I felt like Donovan Mitchell, he was knocking down shots early, but I looked at the end of the night, he had eight fast break points himself. Donovan Mitchell himself had eight fast break points. For perspective, the Kings as a team had 12. I thought Donovan Mitchell was awesome tonight. Well, I mean, you look at just everything that you're saying right there, first starting with the fast break points and yeah. them just really pushing on them. Um, it was 
it it was just a really smart game plan to do that to the Sacramento Kings, especially where is their transition defense at? Like, uh, what's the pulse on that? I think the effort was a lot better. It was there. It was just like, like we said, you're coming at the end of a road trip. This is what type of energy you're going to get. And then you look at someone like Donovan Mitchell. He looked absolutely amazing at times and especially there at the end when he was trying that little shit thing on Kevin Herter where he throws off the backboard and goes up for the layup I was like ah, it was okay. beautiful dude we get it can, you no, can do it all we need to fully describe that moment describe it he was on the perimeter start out in the perimeter Kevin Herter defending Allen sets like a little brush screen to roll oh. to the basket Herter recovers to get back on the Mitchell Mitchell gives him a little turn left Came back, yep. throws it off the glass, dunks it home. It was a beautiful fake. Just but, gorgeous. But then there was the other moment where you go, okay, he's going to be sharp on his threes at times. And tonight was felt like it was one of those times. He was 5 of 11 from beyond the arc. But then, Deuce, the Kings were doing something that they do on star players. When they throw that blitz, especially they yeah. throw it high up, them, uh, up on them near the half-court line. They throw it up. Donovan Mitchell. Quick, smart, decision-making player. He would quickly get that get that pass to Jarrett Allen in the pocket. Boom, go. Jarrett Allen makes a quick move, a quick decision. Even, even there was help coming up in time on someone like Allen, and it still wouldn't be enough because it felt like Sabonis was getting pulled out on that double or on that blitz, the, and then it just seemed like, okay, this is where the shredded. Cavs were going to dominate. Yep. I, I mean, that situation... and. To rewind for a second, the last time these two teams played, believe it or not, the Kings did beat this team earlier this year, 132 to 120 in Sacramento. And Keegan was the primary defender on Mitchell that night. And Keegan did a great job. And Donovan Mitchell's a great player. He's going to have off nights too. But Keegan legit played some nice defense. He was 2 of 10 with 5 points when Keegan was on him. Donovan Mitchell in that first game. In that first game. Yeah, yes. yeah. I was like, And tonight, tonight. <laughs> he, he was... They had him on early, but I could tell they were making it a point to run action to get Keegan off of yep. him. And that's like that that's the ultimate respect, right? A little bit. But you know, for the Kings, it's like, all right, you gotta make sure the right guys are getting switched on him. So one, Keegan picks up a couple of early fouls mm -hmm. that hurt, but then they were doing everything they could to get him off. Where in that first matchup, I think Donovan Mitchell was like, Keegan Murray? I'll take it. This is an early November yeah. game, by the way. They're looking at it. It's November 13th. Donovan Mitchell's like, this guy can't guard me. And then there's like, there's more of, of a sample size out there where it's like, no, this Keegan guy is on Luca a couple weeks earlier on. He's going trip. on everyone's He's, best player. Exactly. Yeah. And so they did everything they could to get him off. And, and you know, Keegan also fouled him on a three point attempt, touch oh, foul geez. and one. But then the Kings, you're right. Whether they were trying to blitz him or on a pick and roll situation, oh. it's so tough when you've got, you mentioned Jared Allen. But Mobley tonight on that short roll, he had seven assists. Yeah. So when you got Allen and Mobley combining for 10, it was so tough because, yeah, they get the short roll and immediately make a good decision where they'd fire it to the corner. And then I Wait. just felt like the ball movement in general tonight oh. from the Cavs. I'm like, this group looked like they, they played together for seven years. It was beautiful. It was yeah. absolute. It was so crisp, so sharp. And um, just, you know, I think that's what ultimately led to so many open shots too, so many yeah. open three-point shots especially. Now they have guys that have that type of range as well. You got Merrill coming off the bench. You had Struess, obviously, who we already know can shoot. Struess finished 6 of 10 from beyond the arc. But 
I thought the rotations were good, but then there's a few of those three-point shots. Now, you can tell me because you went back and watched all these in the hour and a half that I was driving back here. But a few, what I was noticing is, and Mike Bibby brought this up too in the postgame, the urgency to get to some of these players from beyond the arc. And I felt like once they're hot, you got a game plan and, and and adjust it to everyone's a Steph effing Curry out here, and that same type of urgency and effort needs to be on all of these guys. So to your point, I'll get to like what I saw, but Mike Brown said after the game, you know how they label certain players on every team hot guys. Yeah, he said the Cavs hot guy, the, the guys they label as hot, meaning. These are the players that we can't, like, let good good looks. We got to run them off the line, contest them, right? He said they're hot shooters. We're 18 of 23 from three tonight. 18 of 23 from three. I mean, they were just so efficient, so on fire. I mean, here's the thing about how they got threes tonight. They did it in every way possible. Every way. It was pick and roll Mm -hmm. with Garland or, or Donovan Mitchell. Or it was those guys just car, like pushing the pace and getting in the paint. And then they, they'd kick it out, and the ball movement around the perimeter was perfect. And so the Kings are – one guy gets beat, okay? And then all of a sudden, guys are trying to rotate, rotate, rotate. You're just a hair late. You're screwed. Well, and I thought the pick-and-roll defense, they got hurt a lot tonight because, dude, when you have bigs like Allen and Mobley that are – threats because they're so long and can finish at the rim but also can pass like it puts you in a tough spot because now you pull Sabonis away Mm -hmm. in a pick and roll if it's like Fox defending a guard you're pulling those two away from the basket and you still have to worry about Jared Allen down there and who's the help is it Harrison Barnes is it maybe a Trey Lyles that's tough I felt like in this is what I will say too with the Kings defense I felt like the effort was there like it was like they wanted to be in the right spot at the right time they wanted to blitz hard they wanted to do all the things right but the Cavs just kept being a little bit more crisper yeah. a little bit more disciplined Dude, they look awesome and then on top of all that when you're knocking down your shots you know how much that can deflate a team and I thought the Kings did a great job not just getting down they kept battling even I, every time they got into 10 they like kept being no there. I felt like tonight it was they by the when it hit like three and a half it was like Yep. Even though I felt like the real dagger was when Mitchell threw it off the glass and dunked them. Like the okay. real dagger. You're, you're not winning that game if, yeah. if he's throwing a something off the glass. The other thing tonight, you're talking about the threes, but <sighs> these these are things that don't show up on the box score, okay? Jared Allen, what he did tonight. I know like you look at screen assists and Sabonis and Gobert are always near the top. Mm-hmm. But man, how often does Allen set a screen that gives Mitchell or Garland the ability to get in the paint and then spray. He set vicious screens tonight. Yep. I saw it multiple times on Keegan, on Fox, Herder. They got hung up. Monk. I mean, it. he you know is such is. a good screener. It's all of it. And that is all about timing, not only from him. And it's also understanding timing of whoever's coming off that screen uh especially if he has that chemistry now with donovan mitchell all about timing rubbing the shoulders it doesn't matter if you're a brick wall or the biggest guy out there if you have the perfect timing on it and no and and again that goes to your guard too and you've seen sabonis at times yell at someone like not yell but like communicate with someone like kevin herter and be like hey 
would take, wait, just wait one more second. It's like these pros, they know how to do that, but it felt like the Cavs were doing it perfectly tonight. They were. I mean, it was really an offensive masterpiece by the Cavs tonight. And, you know, you, you said, yeah, you didn't mind the effort. And going back, I don't think there were some times where they were late on closeouts, but urgency, to, right? Today's game, it's just like if you're here late, the reaction time, you know, there was one where I believe it was a pick and roll situation where they had Mobley on the short roll. And I think he, I'm trying to remember the exact play. It ended up getting back to Dean Wade in the corner, right? And Lyles was the guy that was supposed to there be there to contest it. He was just a slight hesitation going out to contest it. Open three. Yep. Open three. Open there, there is another three. one, and this is this is where side we this is the other issue I felt like tonight is when you have Garland and Mitchell, two guys that can legit handle are are threats to score at all three levels and can pass. You better be able to guard them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I, the Kings couldn't stay in front of some of these guys tonight. But one play that jumped out to me was on again a short roll, Mobley to the corner to Karis Lavert. The guy helping the closeout in the corner was Davion Mitchell. Well, he was there. Yeah. But Davion Mitchell's Size was at six yep. foot. And good luck. Yep. Dang. No, it, it was um, just like we said, uh, offensive masterpiece, a lot of smart basketball happening for the Cavs. And on top of all that, when you do look at the fast break points too, and you yeah, go, okay, yeah. well, they had 31 fast break points and the Kings only had 12. But you go, well, the Kings only have 12 because the Cavs were making all their shots. You could say a lot of that has to do with it, but it's not like the Kings were missing a whole bunch of shots no, all night long. The I, fourth quarter is when they really went cold. And absolutely. I also thought the Cavs' defense did a good job, but the Kings were knocking down shots. The Kings shot 46%. Finished with 46%. They scored 34 in the first, uh-huh. 25 in the second, 33 in the third. 18 in the fourth when it, they, you know, they ran out of gas and yeah. then all of a sudden, you know, they're rolling a little I bit. Guess, I guess my point to that being though, is that, you know, we've, we've seen teams miss shots. Kings go out on the fast break. Cause a good defensive play, whatever, get deflections, boom, go. But we've also seen De'Aaron Fox and other Kings players take that ball out so quick after a made guard layup, yeah, boom, yeah, yeah, go, yeah. go, go. And I felt like the Cavs kind of took on that game plan, especially in the fast break, to really push on the Kings, um, knowing that this was their last game in the road trip. Yeah. I'm looking at the final numbers in this one. Sacramento's leading score tonight? Harrison Barnes. Yes, it was. 22 points. He was 6 of 10 from 3. Other three-point numbers tonight because the Kings were 17 of 44. Fox, three of nine. Um, Herter, two of five. Murray, two of four from downtown. Those are kind of the prime numbers. Yeah, I, I thought the Cavs just looked awesome. And I felt like th- this was a game where you, the, where, you know, we talk so much all year long about the Kings limitations as a mm-hmm. team, like where they are just from a roster standpoint. This is where you get exposed most when you have going up against a team with like two bigs that are yeah. long, Mobley, such a freak athlete. Sure. And then you add in two like guards like Garland and Mitchell. The Kings don't have the personnel to really check those guys. But, I don't, but you know what? I, I honestly, I think I felt after this game and I just uh, like, no, no. I moral victories, I don't believe it even in that term. Right. Absolutely not. Whatever. Um I 
felt like this was one of those losses this year that it was like, oh, okay. A loss with a lot of effort, a lot of challenges. Um, they kept up. They still played good basketball because we saw a lot of shitty losses this year where the where you could question the effort, the shot-making ability, like the stagnant offense, the defense yep, yep. looking like shit. And I just felt like things were looking so much better for the Kings, especially they carried a lot from their wins in this road trip into this game. We saw a lot of good, especially like you're saying, within the offense, uh, they were making a lot of shots because they... They were creating a lot of good opportunity for their teammates. And one of my favorite ones was, I forget how it started, but then it ended up with Domas and it was a, it was a DHO, but it was Domas doing a behind, like just not even looking kind of just behind the back as Keegan is coming. And he understands that he's leading Keegan with the pass right here to have just a nice little easy mid range jumper. And I'm like, that was my favorite play of the entire game. It was just so effortless. It yeah. was like beautiful. And it was, they just made it easy on offense at times. Yeah, they competed tonight for sure. I mean, it was a 10 point game in the fourth quarter. I wrote down the swing play of the quarter to me. Which quarter? The fourth. Oh. So it's early fourth quarter, 1042. Let's see. I wrote down the swing play and then I look at it wrong. I'm just trying to make sure I got this right now. God damn it. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, I got it. This whole timeout thing threw me off for a second. Mm. Okay, so Fox makes a jumper to make it 106.96, mm -hmm. okay? Timeout calves, okay? Oh, yes, I written, I know exactly what... Timeout yes. calves, I'm like, dude, it's a... I, I'm telling Jason Ross in there, I'm going, dude, it's a 10-point game. There's like 10... Like, they're in it. Like, they're battling right now. Out of the timeout, Garland turns it over. Fox misses a three. Then Mobley layup. Yeah. Okay. Tough. Then Fox comes down, misses a layup. Then Wade hits a corner three. And that's when the timeout was called? Mike Brown? Then it, yeah. Yep. It was a one, so it, it went from, my whole point is, a 10-point game, you get, you force a turnover with a chance to make it eight or seven, uh -huh. and then it turns into a 15-point game. Yep. Like, it was just such a swing where you're like, dude, they cannot just get it to single digits. And that's where... Take a step back for a second. Mm -hmm. We talk about where the Kings are at, where the, the, these games against the Bulls or, you know, we mentioned the Bucks or the Suns or the, even the Mavs. When the Mavs got back in the game, it's like closing teams out. They make a little run. They get it to 10 and then boom, blitz them. Tonight, the Kings made it their, their little run and the Cavs went, stop it. We're going to execute here. We're at home. We're playing good basketball, and we're putting this team away. They did just that. That's the difference. That's where the Cavs are at a different level than the Kings. Absolutely. And that's just where it's at right now. Yeah, and it's, it's um, you know, you saw where the Cavs yeah. were even defensively last year. And there was times going into this season. Again, you look at the first half of the season for a lot of teams, and I think sometimes – especially for me, I go, oh, I really think we can figure out a team's identity through 20-ish games. And with the Kings, I was like, I have no effing clue what the shit they are. You know, like that was confusing. But I felt like that happened with a lot of teams um, so far this season where you're really seeing different type of play from different type of teams. It feels like the Cavs are looking a lot more like they were last yeah. year. Also with helps that when you play in the defense. East. And it helps. I mean, sure. but Wait, Sorry like, to cut you off. You're right. The defense... Has been that's, really good. That's my point, though. And someone like Max Struess, dude. Max Struess killed me tonight, man. Well, the, yeah, he was shooting the shit out no, of No, no, the shooting was great. Struess had 22 points, five rebounds, two assists, two steals. 
Sabonis gets a rebound, mm-hmm. stripped by Struess. Oh, yeah. Who else? Dearn was stripped one time, but who is that by? I, I don't know. But so Struess gets okay. Sabonis once, and then Sabonis gets a rebound. Struess is patrolling right there. I'm yelling at the TV like, ah, Sabonis, Sabonis! That's what the bench needed to do. What were you yelling at? Sabonis, Sabonis, Sabonis! Because I'm like, he's coming! And what do you know? Ripped it away. Yeah. And then it leads to a three that Sabonis doesn't contest because he's bitching at the ref. And I'm like, All right, so he's either bitching at the ref or at, his, at the bench. What? It was one of those frustrated Sabonis uh-huh. minutes where he didn't even go out to contest the three. He went to, like, touch Allen to make sure he'd get the rebound. And it was an open three, bang. But Struess, those little hustle plays yeah. right there where he just took that. A rebound, a defensive rebound. He takes it away, and they score five total points off of that. That's a huge sequence. Yeah. No, I mean, and yeah, there was there was little things like that throughout this game. And um, it's so funny that you're even saying that you were yelling at the TV. And, and sometimes it's like sometimes teammates could help and, you know, make sure that they're communicating with one another and trying to really get each other into it when someone maybe gets out of it. But, yeah, it, either way, it's I mean, it happens with those type of effort players. It can happen once. Oh. Can't happen twice. When it happens twice, you help them out you know it's just the same thing with like when you say help them out who you saying help them out like the bench yeah yeah well okay you know what's so funny that you say this about the bench or just about teammates communicating too is that i was talking just talking to mike bibby and i was telling him how much i hated john stockton and how much i still hate john stockton and how as like a young girl i hated two guys more than anyone in the world it was stockton and malone And he taught, and then he started talking about Malone and he's like, yeah, Stockton got me this one time on this play where he went this way. And I just went straight into this brick wall and it's Carl Malone. And he's talking about it and he goes, he goes, Malone comes up to me and he goes, Hey young fella, you better tell your teammates to tell you a screen's coming or something, you know, like just talking shit or whatever. And I said, Mike, why didn't anyone tell you a screen was Especially like you could have died? Yeah, you could have died on that screen. And he's like, No, exactly. He goes, I was a rookie, Vancouver Grizzlies, and uh, it just wasn't. It wasn't. We weren't all connected like that. And then he started talking about how with the Kings, they were all connected. They all really liked each other. Um, everyone was talking. So it is one of those things that those little moments really do matter because it, and then it ends up becoming a swing play it's like what i always say morgan you make fun of me for this like you did on tv the other day you the little things oh. are the big things oh i thought you were gonna they say, all add up you yeah. don't accept in defeat what you would accept in victory did i say it right <laughs> no you did i i have said this once the last two games we've done together i've said it no less than 32 times this 62, year on the podcast. but go on. You don't accept in, in victory, victory, right? Oh, that makes sense. What yeah, you yeah. wouldn't accept in what defeat. What you wouldn't accept in defeat. My bad. I'll get your quote right the next time. And by the way, it's not even your quote. Who the hell said it? I, at this and you're point, not even crediting can I, that Can person. I be honest? At this point, I think it's me. No, because that you could I, say something over and over again. It doesn't just become your quote. Okay. Like, take something from someone in history and then not give them any credit. Like, what the hell? You know, my fear is I'm going to look at it and it's going to be like... Some awful It's going to be human. like Adolf Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you're like, no! <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, fingers crossed. Dear God, dear God, dear God, please. Please don't be anybody. I don't please know where I originally bad. saw that quote. Uh, Dick Bennett? Oh, dear God, oh, Dick no. Bennett, please oh, no. don't be a weird racist weirdo. Dick Bennett, who is 
a coach. Okay, okay. Who coached last at Washington State. He was a college coach. I'm sorry, I don't know him. He coached at Wisconsin. Did he really come up with that quote? Because if he did, that's a great quote. Don't accept in victory what you wouldn't accept in defeat. I, I, I think it's him. Yeah. Top 11 quotes by Dick Bennett. He, the exact quote was, um, we cannot accept in victory what we would not accept in defeat. Mm, beautiful. That's a great. Dick Bennett, He everybody. says, he also said, toughness is a skill and can be practiced and improved like all other skills. Oh. Hard disagree. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hesitate in your beat. He has too many quotes. Like you're like he's forcing them. Coaches don't want excuses. They want results. Jeez, relax. The just get better every day. Oh, some of these aren't just him. There's other oh. ones involved now. Buy in or buy a ticket. John Wooden. It's what you learn after you know it all that counts. Whoa, man. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> anyway. All right. Thanks, Dick. Yeah. What else do we Wiener. need to talk about? Um, trying to think of what else I, I wrote down from this game. Um, oh, Keegan Murray tonight. I, I went back and watched the Cavs three-pointers. I didn't go back and watch the entire game, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I'm eager to see what the hell happened with Keegan Murray in the second half. Because, Morgan, Keegan Murray came out and he was aggressive. He had 10 points when he picked up his second foul. Of the two forty-eight mark at the two forty-eight mark of the first quarter, he had ten points. He finished with ten points, and you're going, "Oh, did he just miss a whole bunch of shots?" Well, at the half, he had ten points on four of eight shooting, two of three from downtown. He finished with ten points, four of nine shooting, two of four from downtown. Keegan Murray got one more shot attempt. The rest of the game. Yeah. After the half. Not good. And I think, again, without going back and watching all of it, Mm -hmm. there has to be a concerted effort to, like, make sure he's involved, whether it's challenging him to be more aggressive or the coaching staff. Uh And part of it, too, is, well, Malik's out there taking a ton of shots. Harrison is being more aggressive right now. Um, He took 15 shots tonight. Fox took 20. But I, I want Keegan to get touches. He is too important to this team long-term to, to take one shot, one, in the second half. Sabonis had 15 assists in this game. And I go, I look at the moments that Sabonis makes his teammates better, finds some open, gets them open, whatever. I got another stat for you, too. I go, why wasn't Keegan either trying to utilize Sabonis more, even if it, even yeah. if, even if Monk and Barnes were taking more shots, which I loved. I thought that, you know, there was efficiency there. I liked what they were looking at, but you're exactly right with Keegan. It, 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 whether it's a mental shift on his part or on the team's part, because no one wants to sit there and baby him and be like, okay, let's hold your hand and get you a shot. Take your damn shot. <clears throat> You pick. Yep. You go. Be aggressive. Do what you need to do. He seemed a little frustrated there at the end when he uh, started fouling, especially when he started fouling Donovan Mitchell and stuff. But whatever it is, just get out of it. In the second half, he and Sabonis combined, combined. Oh yeah, yeah. Took four shots. Yep. Not enough. Not took enough. Four shots. So Keegan did not score in the second half. Sabonis scored four points. Uh, so 
And Sabonis was, a, I mean, a, another triple-double for this guy. His 15th triple-double, tying Jokic. He now has 32 consecutive double-doubles. He had 12 points, 19 rebounds, 15 assists in the game. Um, I love this because G, G Wiss, whatever, Greg, Greg on yeah. Twitter, uh, he said, funny moment from the Cavs broadcast. They asked Jerry Allen, how did you slow down Sabonis in that first half? Allen. I don't think I did. I think he has a triple double already. And it's so fun. My, and I guess my point is, it's like they obviously felt like they weren't slowing him down. He was being aggressive. He was doing what he needed to do, uh, whether it was rebounding, making, you know, uh, creating plays or getting his shots off. But whatever they did and adjustments they made in the second half, they really slowed him down from being aggressive and trying to get those shots up. Yeah. And that length. I mean, the, the Cavs defense is one of the best defenses in the league. Too, yep. For sure. But. You know, I think the Kings have enough offense. And you still score 110 points, but I, I think they left some on the board. And, you know, Keegan's a guy that, you know, when it is a 10-point game and you need a shot, like, let's find a way to get him involved, right? Because he has the ability to stretch the floor. He's got good size. We've seen the growth. And I think there are too many times lately where you're like, hey, he got to a good start and he doesn't get those shots in the second half. They have to find a way to balance that a little more. Yeah. No, I'm... I. Hey, and I guess the question is, can you balance it more if Harrison is being more aggressive? You're asking Harrison to be more aggressive now, and he's been way more aggressive. You can. You can deuce. Yes, you can. You can figure it out. Um, And it's just it's what you need to see. It's still finding yours while other players are finding their flow and their rhythm as well. It's yeah, you just you figure it out. You feel the freedom, the flow of the game. Like, I'm, like, trying to think about how you get there. But really, that's yeah. what it is. Like, these are professional basketball players, and they're good basketball players. I want to talk about Sabonis for a second, because especially in the start of the game, and he's been doing it more and more lately, he's faster than he's ever been. Well, probably because he's not eating carbs. I think that must be it. I mean, because seeing him, and especially in that first half, yeah. Giddy rebound and push. He's always pushed. Sometimes, you know, you see bigs push sometimes. There's kind of like, I don't know. They kind of look like bigs pushing, right? Hey, you want You know, it. like a Jokic kind of lumbers. Or they look lumbers. like George Niang or, you know. George Niang, he actually started increasing the carbs. We are not fat shaming I'm people, not. But, because, like, I, here's what I'm saying. I've increased the carbs. I was going to say, I look yeah. like George Niang. So, like. Who doesn't love carbs? And guess what? George Niang can go do that and go play in an NBA game. Guess what? I can't do playing play an, an NBA, NBA game. game. Yes. The guy played 15 minutes tonight. Anyway, um, about Sabonis. So, we mentioned the triple-double. 12 points, 19 rebounds, 15 assists. But just getting out and pushing. And I love that mindset. I wish it could have kept on happening in this game, mm. right? Mm -hmm. But it's also hard to do what he wants to do when the Cavs are making every shot. When they were missing, he was getting that board, and they Going. were pushing. And he was pushing fast down the floor, yep. attacking and spraying. And, like, this is what was good. Like, the Kings were knocking down shots, too, not just the Cavs. But as the night went on, all of a sudden, you know, the Kings have some turnovers. The Cavs are pushing in transition. You're taking the ball out of the basket. It's like it was a combination of great offense and then the confidence went up. They couldn't have missed tonight. It was just, the Cavs were awesome. It was a really good, complete game from the Cavs. And, and that's why, you know, and that's why I wanted it even more because the Kings were playing so well and they were playing well all the way through almost the end, through the fourth quarter. It wasn't like they gave up. It was like, 
okay, this is done. Put in the next people. It's obviously, you know, 15 point game, whatever it was at that point. But, um, but yeah, like there's sometimes there's nothing you can do against a red hot team like that. And they were just on fire and they've been on fire in this Easter or in the Eastern conference, but in the league, the past 14 or so games longer than that now. Is it longer? Yeah, now? because oh like I said, God. December fifteenth, they were thirteen and twelve. Since that time, it, now they're thirty-two and sixteen. I was going to try to do the math, but <laughs> yeah, now I can. Uh, they are nineteen and four since then. They have the best record Morgan. of any team in twenty twenty-four. Yeah, yeah, but they're nineteen and four since December fifth, and that's with injuries to Garland. That's who, insane. Guy had his jaw wired shut. Yeah, Mobley was out. It's impressive, and I think during that time they built chemistry and allowed other guys to shine. Like felt like Dean Wade really helped them during that time. Isaac Okora, who we've not talked about tonight, you know, he was a high draft pick for them. Was a starter. Now he's kind kind of playing a new role, right? In recent years, um, actually, did he start last year? Anyway, he's he's been more of a bench guy now. Yeah, he came off the bench tonight. His defense is amazing. Like that, that the guy looks like an all NBA defender out there. And that's what they wanted. You know, I think they wanted him to be more of a two-way threat. But to have a guy who's got good size and then can lock down and on occasion knock down a three. Dude, and you're, fig- yeah. you're figuring out so many things on the offensive end. That's like, yeah, okay. And this year, he's shooting 37% from three coming in tonight. Right. Okay, so a guy who's, you know, got good size that could defend is tough. He was checking Fox a couple of times, yep. making life more challenging on him. Blocked a shot once. Fox didn't turn around. He got the ball back up the block, went up, had a little fadeaway that rattled in. Now it was a tough shot, though, and it was Okoro just competing his ass off. But anyway, my point is those injuries gave time for Wade, Okoro, yep. Sam Merrill. Dude. King's training camp, dude, Revenge right? game Revenge for Sam game. Merrill tonight. Anyway. Yeah. It was, it- <laughs> what? So, are we doing locked on Cavs right I, now? Dude, I was all right. Coming up for the Cavs, uh, are the Cavs our East Coast team? How much do you love Jarrett Allen? Is he just not the greatest? No, but truly, you know what yeah. I I appreciated tonight. I appreciated a lot of good basketball, but there was some great basketball yeah. being played by the Cavs tonight, and it was just like, how do you not praise this? How do you not celebrate this? And especially because is, is it I, all thanks to their assistant coach Luke Walton? <laughs> Luke Walton revenge game. That's so dumb. That's um, so dumb. Hey Morgan, quick question though. Yeah. We're, we're talking about Niang and Sabonis. Uh, what is your favorite carb? Oh God. What I mean is ice cream a carb? Or are we talking like bread? Bread? Oh, I mean, I think there's definitely carbs in ice cream. Well, like let's ice look cream at is my favorite everything. It's my favorite health food, junk food, sugary food, sweet. Did you say health food? Yep. Uh, savory food. I would eat it in every way, shape, and form. I love ice cream. It yeah. makes me so happy. Like a thing of half baked has a oh. lot of carbs. If you look nom, at nom, it. nom, nom. Yes. Um, can I? Let me just tell you what I ate tonight. So tonight, I I treated Jay Ross, Henry, and Kyle. I'm like, hey, I, I got dinner tonight, guys. Why are you, do you want us to praise you? Why are you putting this out here? Because I went carb loading to the max. I just want to know, you talk about carbs. This is where I'm at, where I need to get my shit together. It's called accountability. This what is not a brag. Do? I had a double-double. So it has three pieces of bun in there, right? No. There's oh. two patties. Okay, okay. A double-double, a cheeseburger, animal-style fries, <laughs> and a small, 
Neapolitan shake. You know what's really funny? You know what? You guys want to know what Deuce said to me the other day when we were driving back from San Francisco after doing yeah. post game with NBC? He goes, I'm going to the gym tomorrow, dude. He goes, God, this week, there's so much going on. Like, it's going to be really hard. Getting, I, I just got to eat well. I, I'll just, I'm just going to eat well this week. And I was like, do you, bro? Do you? Like, and he's like, I'm going to eat well because I won't have a lot of time to like figure out time to go to the gym. Do you eat well? So instead you do the complete opposite? Yeah, just for fun. I'm going to get back. I'm going to the gym tomorrow, I think. You make, like, even that makes me want to go eat a carrot. Like, that is how bad. I, I think there's certain, and here's the problem with me in life. What? And we'll talk about the road trip and I get a player of the game. Yeah, first tell me the problem. I just grew up around so much junk food that when I do have the opportunity to have some, I don't really have some in the house because I can't control it. But if I'm going to go eat in and out, I'm going to eat in and out. That's an eating disorder. That's a binge eating, dude. No, okay. no it is. Like, so many people. Make a funny thing into something serious. All right, cool. Um, but <laughs> I love Taco Bell. I love it. Those are like the two for me. In and out Taco Bell. I'm all about those. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. I've been thinking about it a lot this season, how, like, it's not good. Girl is not good. Get back in the gym, man. I'm, dude, literally tomorrow I have something. The next day I have something. The next day I have something that I have something all the way through Sunday, almost all day, every day until Monday evening. Morgan is sitting down with Malik Monk tomorrow. Well, one on one, King Central. Yes. Yes, I don't know when it will come out or anything, but yes, I am. And then I'll talk about it 700 times before it actually comes out. Yeah, you did one with Sabonis too. And well, I'm going to, we should just release it as a podcast, on, like on our podcast feed. Yeah, just do it. <laughs> so people can hear it. I love it. Uh, they play it before games and stuff. Okay. Um, who's your rock and soul player of the game, Morgan Reagan? Um, My rock and soul player of the game would be, let's go Domas. Wow, Domas Sabonis, you're rocking. Uh, you're going to be a heel, aren't you? It's Donovan Mitchell, isn't it? Go, let's see it. You son of a! Donovan Mitchell, the Rocket Soul player of the game, 29 points, 11 for 20, shooting 5 of 11 from 3. He also had eight fast break points himself. I did put there, Morgan, honorable mention, <laughs> Sabonis for his 15th triple-double of the season. Uh, more, it's hard to give Sabonis the player of the game when he only scored four points and took three shots in the Ooh. second half. Needed to, you know, you're going to have to do a lot So more it's more of that. the triple-double that yeah, you're like. You're highlighting that. Okay, okay. And Donovan Mitchin, Mitchin, Mitchell, yeah. well-deserved. Just everything that he did tonight. It, he was so fun to watch, and I hope that the Kings can really break down <laughs> his game and slow him down the next time, though. In the chat, <laughs> Corey says locked on caps. <laughs> Check out Rocket Soul Diner in Sacramento, just six blocks from Golden One Center. It's so good, right, you guys. Poll question: What have we given the Cavs too much? Do we talk enough? Kings? We, I think we did. We Dude, talked about what they didn't do the, well against the Cavs. This is one of those podcasts where it's funny because I came in knowing I was like, oh, you know what? What the Kings didn't do right, what the Kings did do well, but it's truly like the Cavs just played spectacular basketball yeah yeah sack up who's always better in the chat says only sacramento respects other teams like this no um we talk basketball we're nba fans oh does he not like this what, what are we supposed to just like not acknowledge anything they do what the fuck like what 
Oh, sorry. Like what though? Why? Why? Because I'm just so confused. Technical. Morgan, what would be your Sharif Jewelers moment of this game? Oh man. Uh, well, you already know my moment. I said it earlier. The behind the back pass. It was just. Honest? It was just this effortless. That's the DHO. moment you're gonna remember from this. He led Keegan with the pass with the ball. It wasn't. Even, it was just like not even a behind the back pass. It's like a drop off little, but behind his back pass to Keegan led him to the free throw line for a nice little easy midi. Hmm. Why can't that be mine? Okay, how about so, Donovan Mitchell? Hey, locked on calves. How about Donovan Mitchell throwing it off the backboard and laying it in? I gotta be honest, I think that is the moment. You're such a... No. Oh my god, he's actually writing it. Oh so my god. Just to be clear, I'll write down yours too. Thank I'm you. Gonna note, writing this because Morgan is making me. And I'm sure you won't be able to read your handwriting when you go to pull this in a month from now. Okay, so tell me the moment. Sabonis. Sabonis. Yeah. Um, behind the back, DHO to Keegan Jumper. Mid Okay, so just to be clear, your moment happened in the first quarter because that's when... Just to be clear, when we go back... In the jar, there will be moments from first quarters. There will be overall moments. There will be any moment. Why are you making fun of my moment? A moment that made me happy. As happy as ice cream makes me. Like, why would you Why would, Why would? would you care? It's all good, man. You don't even have to write down my moment. I just did. I did. So dumb. Um, Let's see. <laughs> Corey says the def- defensive three seconds they called in the third after they stood there all game. I remember that. Yeah, no consistency. Uh, I do, I'll say this. Here's the other stat of the night for you, Morgan. The mm-hmm. King shot 12 free throws tonight. How many do you think the starting lineup took um, out of the 12? I'm going to go four. Four? That is four too high. They didn't take any? Yes, the entire starting lineup. De'Aaron Fox, zero for zero. Kevin Herter, zero, zero. Sabonis, zero, zero. Keegan, 0-0. Zero, zero. Barnes, 0-0. Zero, zero. I know the Cavs Aye. defense is good. But you cannot tell me that De'Aaron Fox did not get fouled once attacking. Well, not... Uh, yeah. That's the issue. I mean, there I was... I mean, come on. There was a moment, I forget when it was, but it was like Darius Garland even was attacking, and he just threw up his arms. And the ref was on the baseline and called it because he felt like there had to be contact there. And I'm just like... No, no. Like, you don't have... The call doesn't need to be manipulated for you to call it. Yeah. The only free throws tonight, 7 of 12, right? Mm -hmm. Um, 2 of 2 for Chris Duarte, who got in at the end of the game. 2 of 4 for Malik Monk. 2 of 4. And then Trey Lyles was 3 of 4. Damn. Malik missing some, huh? Yeah. What's up? I mean, he stared at the rim after missing that last one. He's missed a few. Yeah. He's missed a few. We've got more of the podcast coming up, including our big picture thoughts on this five and two road trip. And we got to talk some NBA trade deadline. But tonight's podcast presented by our friends over at Northwest Exteriors, Morgan. Mm, They're so great. They're so great. And you should go get a free quote today. Why? Because it's cold outside. And you know that windstorm that was just outside with like 80 mile per hour winds? Well, guess what? This podcast room. There was wind? 
Exactly. Exactly. Couldn't hear it in here. If you don't want to know anything that's going on in the outside world, amen. Get new windows yep. from Northwest Exteriors. Honestly, do a paint window. Save some money on your energy bills. Get really nice windows. Feel safe, secure, all that stuff. It's a no-brainer. And for this podcast studio, it's helped a bit with soundproofing as well. So please go check out Northwest Exteriors. TrustNorthwest.com because it's simple. They are simply the best. Trust Northwest. You did it. I know. You hit it. Have you been practicing? No. That's good. When I mess up, I I, I can change up quick. I you know it's, I'm just like a an elite NBA player. I I know my mistake. I don't usually make the same mistake twice. Never forget that quote. I'm just like an elite NBA player. Yeah, I could say it again for you. Average Joe. Love it. Hmm. Okay. Son of a bitch. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year. Yeah, and it's a really confusing time, by the way. There's all these documents, especially with us, like we are managing finances together because we run a small business together there's all these different papers there's all these different forms what do you do you listen to nerd wallet smart money podcast yeah because then you can be making a balanced budget and not just for everything you're doing with your business how about for some time off after an nba season even that sounds amazing so you know what you need to do listen to nerd wallet smart money podcast on your favorite podcast app future you will thank you after the end of a good fight deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Okay, Morgan, this road trip all over. I can't believe it. That's what's so crazy about this trip is like you're like, I'm so tired from because you worked a lot during the stretch for TV. It's been a busy stretch. So like right? I was on the trip. So the Kings trip started with that win against the Warriors. That was the first game. Remember that? 
No. You don't remember the Kings Warriors game? That's when the road trip started. Was it, what month was that in? So that that's our January, right? Yeah, it was January. January twenty fifth. Yes, yes, yes. I do. I remember. That's why we have a moment jar. This, this is God. a great example as to why we have a moment jar. Thank you for going back. Okay. So the road trip started against the Warriors with a 134-133 win. Remember the great defense on Steph Curry at the yes! end of the game, right? Kevin Herter misses those two free throws. Uh-huh. And Curry with a chance to no. win. Defensive no. play. Herter and Fox. He t- turns it over. Love it. Uh, then it continued. They went to Dallas. Remember that game? Kind of, but remind me. Luca triple double, but they did a great job on after him. his big game, right? Yeah, he yes. had a seventy point game or whatever, seventy two yep, point yep. game. Came back to Dallas the next night. The Kings looked awesome, but had to hang on at the end. Got a little scary. Okay. Played some interesting defense on Luca. Grant Williams had a big night, but they were able to win that oh, game. I remember that? Okay. Then remember they go to Memphis to take on a Grizzlies team that yes. had that they were down eleven players. Also, it's gotten a lot worse for Memphis. They're like down 13 players yesterday. Uh, The Kings had to grind it out. Those Mm -hmm. Grizzlies competed, but they got the win. Then the Kings went to Miami. I remember this loss. It was tough. Keegan was awesome, 33 Uh points. Not a lot else was awesome. They battled, but Miami was fantastic, and they snapped a seven-game losing skid. Then the Kings went to Indiana. Oh, I love this one. You love that game? Well, I mean, I liked it a lot. I liked the way that Sabonis was just being really dominant yep, in the yep. beginning and everything. And yeah, I remember this one. Yeah, De'Aaron Fox with a career-high six steals. Tyrese Halliburton came off the bench. It was weird. Then he that started the weird. third quarter. Bizarre. But the Kings won 133 to 122. A lot of people remember that game because we did that podcast from San Francisco. Oh. Our mixer didn't work. So the people who watched us on YouTube just heard us talking into a MacBook Pro so computer. Sorry. And it sounded like shit. So sorry. Then the Kings with the Chicago got that win and then ended here. So, as a whole, if I would have told you before the trip. Oh, I love this game. If I would have told you the Kings would be on the road for nearly two weeks and play the Warriors, the Mavs, the Grizzlies, the Heat, Pacers, Chicago, and Cleveland. Mm -hmm. And I said, hey, man, they're going to be five and two. Yeah. Would you go, sign me up yeah i'd be like i'd be like deuce you're doing your whole cocky thing you're yep. you're being weird and way too aggressive with your prediction that's what i would have so said. You're, you're taking overall thumbs up on this trip you guys yeah that is why i think i ended tonight taking a deep breath and going huh. also because it didn't end in a shitty game yeah. i mean it's not fun to lose but it wasn't this shitty loss and Overall, I think I looked at tonight's game as this road trip beat as a whole and was like, okay, they can come home happy. I mean, that was obviously if they had gone six and one, the only other team to do that on a seven game road trip, which seven game road trips are not common. Uh, Golden State Warriors had done that as well, going yeah. six and one. So it would have been nice to kind of have that. That was with the last them. time. And that happened. was the last yeah, time yeah. It it's happened. happened multiple times, but it's, okay. that was the last time. The last time that it happened. And then um, nobody's ever gone undefeated on a seven-game road trip, which absolutely makes sense. So, yeah. I remember was- years ago when the Kings were good, they had an East Coast trip where they went 6-0. and And I remember going, God, mm. this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, next up, the Kings, they return home. They get one day off, and then they are back at home to take on... The Pistons. And enjoy the next couple of games because let me tell you, Gets a little more challenging after the Pistons come to town, Morgan. Well, it gets really challenging. So fine. Wednesday, the Pistons come to town. Mm-hmm. Detroit is six and forty-three. 
Six and 43. The Kings, remember, played them January 9th. They won 131 to 110, but they didn't get off to a great start. They were outscored 47 to 29 in the first quarter of that game. Had to rally back to win it, but they did end up winning big. So the Pistons come to town. Hey, the Kings have won six of eight. You just just take care of wins. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else we can say besides take care of Wednesday? Now, here's the curveball. What's the curveball? I don't expect the Kings are going to make some big trade. Oh, this is a curveball. But this is the day before, the night before the NBA trade mm-hmm. deadline. Shit happens that's weird in the NBA. So, I don't know. I mean, even if the Kings are shorthanded, you ex- expect them to beat the you Pistons. Do, but, it, but there's a mental component with all this where you're like, man, if they found out before a game that you know one of their teammates or two or three of their teammates get traded and then they have to go out and play, that could be a weird thing for a team Mike so. Mike said when he was getting traded from the Kings he knew it was time and he said he was like mentally there he understood like they wanted to to transition all those things he said when he was traded from the Atlanta Hawks he was literally told hey don't even come into the arena 99% chance like you're getting traded Damn. and he said the way that it just made him feel was just so he's he's just the nicest guy and I love him being so vulnerable when talking about his feelings with this but he it's just like it just made me feel awful like it's just not a fun feeling and i know that that this organization wouldn't do that hey just don't even show up you're good you're getting traded but it, like you do think about it even getting the phone call and being told like hey you are getting traded it's tough no matter what no yeah. matter what the situation situation is no matter how you're told it's tough so yeah it's gonna it's gonna be a tough week around the nba for nba fans it can be really enjoyable especially if you're getting these changes in these players that can help benefit your team it's a weird feeling when we start talking about the trade deadline because i am one of those people that I get super excited for the trade deadline and I get excited for free agency Mm, and draft night. I don't know. Movement's always fun to me because it's a chance to improve. That's how I look at it. It's like change. Change can be scary, but also change can be fun. Mm -hmm. And on the flip side, you do have to challenge yourself sometimes and go, hey, it kind of sucks for these players, their families, when they don't know where the hell they're going. And then one time they they get a call, hey, you're actually getting moved. Where am I going? Uh, You're going to... Detroit. Yeah. You know, Bye. Like, and it's people like. People are making jokes about Zach Levine. How like Zach Levine found out there's a chance he was going to the Pistons. So he could, cut me open, Doc. I'll do the surgery now. People are making that joke. I saw it on social media too. I'm not the only <laughs> one, Morgan. <laughs> anyway, it, it is it is a tough like. Uh, it, it, is. it is a tough week. So no. I try to be sensitive to it where it's like when I get excited about movement, it's not because I'm trying to be heartless and go, I don't care about these athletes. I'm just like, oh, this team made a trade. What's it going to mean? You know, I'm not thinking about how's impact. No, no, no. Little Johnny and, by and the his way, school situation. By like, the I, way, you, we can think about little Johnny in the school situation after. We can't because at the same time, it's just like anything in life. It's it's consuming reality television. It's fun. Sure. And sometimes it's at the expense of a lot of people getting hurt and cheated on and all the scandal and all those things. So, yes, it's like it's there. Uh, Morgan, I do want to go over this. So we, we mentioned the Pistons yes. coming up, right? Mm-hmm. And this is why this road trip being five and two is was so important because now you're nine games above 500. You built a little bit of a cushion, mm-hmm. right? There's some separation. You still need to win games, right? There's a lot of season to go, but you got Detroit. Get back to 10 games over 500 because after that Friday, 
After the trade deadline, the Denver Nuggets yep. are in town. Okay. The Denver Nuggets. Okay. Then, hey, that was fun being back at home. Let's go hit the road again. Dude. They play Super Bowl Sunday at noon against Oklahoma City. One note on that. We will be doing a chat after that game. And we will be on NBC Sports California. So tune into that and into night chat. It does make you wonder if we should just do night chat after we get back. No. No. Okay. Why? We're going to do yeah. after that game before the Super Bowl starts. So, sorry, Niner fan. Whatever. You may skip that. I don't care. We're doing it. There's coverage of the Niners for yeah, 10 yeah. hours yeah, yeah. In, that day. We're Just doing a day chat. We're yeah. doing a day chat after the game. So anyway, so Detroit, Denver, then they go at OKC, uh-huh. Morgan, at Phoenix, at Denver, and then it's a break. Yeah, no big. You have Denver twice, OKC, and Phoenix before the All-Star break. Just hearing that makes me want to book a massage quick for this break. So... That's a that's a tough schedule, and you go okay. That's why you win Detroit, and the goal, my the, the Deuce Mason goal is different than the team goal. I'm sure. Okay. The Deuce Mason goal would be get two of those four games between Denver twice, Phoenix, and OKC. Can you get two? Pick the two. Love it. I, I I'll take one in uh, Friday at home against Denver, and I would take a revenge against Phoenix on TNT. A revenge against Phoenix. Yeah, because of what happened there last time. Mm-hmm. They're playing better. OKC, they're beatable. Kings beat them twice this year. Well, haven't the Kings beat the Nuggets? They did, but, you know, Jamal Murray didn't play in that game That's either. true. Okay. So. Okay. Now yeah, that was early on. It's a but- tough one. And then after the break, I, you know, if you want, can we go there for a quick second you after the break? Yeah. Okay, so the, we mentioned af- uh, before the break. After the break, you start with the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Then you go at the Clippers, home for Miami, at Denver, at Minnesota. Hey, league, you know how we bitched about playing Golden State three times in the first month? Please tell me why the Sacramento Kings are playing the Denver Nuggets three times between February 9th and February 28th. Well, just get good quick. Horse shit schedule. Either way. It, anyway. it is what it is. It, it is. is what it, it is. is. I it mean, is. like, look, yeah. like you could talk about when they play the Clipper. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I guess my, my point is there are so many good teams in this league and this Kings team wants to prove that they yeah. can be one of those good teams. Prove it. Doesn't matter what the schedule, just prove it. Yeah. Think about how many, you talk about horseshit schedule. They played so many teams on this road trip on the second night of their back to back. That's fair. You're welcome. That's fair. That's very fair. All right, let's talk some NBA trade deadline. The deadline is coming up on Thursday. The Kings were involved in a little rumor today. Oh, yes. Apparently, Hoops Hype is reporting that DeLon Wright, who played for the Kings a couple of years ago, has drawn trade interest from the Celtics, Kings, and T-Wolves. The Nuggets were also mentioned recently by Mark Stein. Wright is expected to command second-round draft pick compensation in trade talks. Um, I think we all kind of remember DeLon Wright. I'm sure there's some Kings fans who are like, who? Because they weren't really paying attention <laughs> sure. to the team at that point. DeLon Wright, by the way, is in the final year of a deal. He's getting paid $8.1 million. His role has been kind of all over the place with the Washington Wizards, who are a bad team. He's a vet, 31 years old, decent size. He can. He's a kind of a combo guard, plays good defense, 6'5". 
that's the type of move I actually really like. I, I, I mean, we already know what DeLon writes about. Decent right. shooter, long, can defend. He'd be a good guy to have on your team. I think there's going to be so many people out there going, wait, that doesn't move the needle, but here's yeah. here's the needle. Here it is. It's There are so many, from what we're hearing, there are so many buyers yeah, yeah. out there going into this trade deadline. So there's going to be a lot of teams looking to make their team better and do what they need to do. And then if you look at what the Kings do have and what they can get and what you're trying, what needle you're trying to move, because even if you were to make a big splash move, you think you're beating the Clippers this year right now, yeah. as they are healthy in the way that they are playing in this Western conference, like get out of town. And I guess like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't act so negative on that, but I guess my point is it's like, be patient with this thought process, making those tweak it, tweaks and making the right tweaks to making your roster better. I just don't know that the big names are getting moved. And I think we've seen the big names get moved already, probably. Pascal Siakam, yep. OG Ananobi. Yep. And your point we you just said is so true. It does seem like there's more buyers than sellers. And there you're are. seeing some of these rumors like... There was a rumor today, and again, this time of year, it's like, just because it's out there doesn't mean it's fact, right? It doesn't mean it's absolutely true, but there was a rumor that the Bulls, I think Woj said this on his podcast, that the Bulls are looking for OG Ananobi compensation for Alex Caruso. It's like, well, Alex Caruso makes like $9 million. You're not getting that type of compensation. Like, it, so if teams are going to have to pay up like three first round picks or something yeah, for Alex Caruso, what are we talking about here? Like, Why would you even and do that? Th there's names I like out there. Like for me personally, Alex Caruso, interesting name. Mm -hmm. I think they're just, that's a name that every team that's trying to contend right now or trying to make a little bit of a push here is going to go. It's going to get. And the other angle on this whole thing that I think changes things. We talk about more buyers and sellers. You go, why is that now? The play in has changed everything. Think about right now in the Western Conference, all these teams behind the Kings. Dallas is in the eighth spot right now. Dallas is trying to get better. There was a rumor today that they might be looking at a Grant Williams for Bobby Portis swap, maybe with Milwaukee. Again, rumor. Dallas. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. The Lakers. They're what, like 10th or whatever in the in the West? Wherever, you know, I need to just look at the range. Look, look it up. I thought I had it. Uh, looking at the standings right now. I'm mm -hmm. just, my point. So, LA, they are ninth right now in the West. They're yeah. trying to make a move to get better, whether that's someone like Bruce Brown. Golden State is 22 and 25. They're looking to make a move to get into the mix. Well, if this was not a play-in situation, do some of these teams have that same motivation? I just think there are a lot of teams that are looking to get better. I think there are plenty of teams in the West. You've even heard... Minnesota, could OKC do anything with those picks? Maybe that they try to do something to help them win this year. Is Denver looking for a slight move? They've been connected with DeLon Wright. Could Phoenix, they've been tied to Miles Bridges. Mm -hmm. It seems like every team in the West wants to make a move. So that's what makes it complicated too. Every every team in the West is understanding the windows of some, some of these veteran players. Steph Curry. LeBron James, you got the whole Clipper squad going yep, yep. on with those guys being healthy. Um, I get it. I completely get it. And that's why whenever we talk about, oh, the West being stacked, it's stacked. But also, these are teams that have something else to give up for their small windows of success. And now, what I will say, this 
compared to the Kings, it feels like from what not only what we've been saying about someone like Keegan Murray and the future of the Sacramento Kings, but national people that watch the game all the time, like Zach Lowe are saying about someone like Keegan Murray, is that that is part of their future in their prediction of what can be one of part of their big three or whatever it right. may be. So not trying to make a trade out of fear or just a quick instant reaction because you're trying to do something this year is very important. Kind of taking a um, a page out of the playbook of the Denver Nuggets, for example, and the way that they continued on their journey to get to a championship. I was listening to D'Lo today, um, and he was he had James Ham on. Casey was off, but I thought Ham made a point that I don't know why I just really haven't given that much thought. Ham was talking about how maybe they look more to next offseason to make their big move. And you're going, okay, what changes? Yeah. So right now, the Kings draft situation is kind of tied up. Oh, yes. After the Kevin Herter trade they made. Right now, they owe a first-round pick to the Atlanta Hawks. It could convey this year. In all likelihood, it will. If the Kings make the playoffs, their first-round pick in 2024 goes to the Atlanta Hawks. What complicates it is there's all these protections on it. So it's top 14 protected this year. Okay. It's top 12 protected next year, like if it didn't convey. So you can't trade any picks. So it limits you on what picks you could trade. Mm-hmm. The Kings could not technically trade a pick for like years to come right now. But once that's conveyed, it allows them to trade the 25, 26, 27, 28. It allows them mm. to do more trade more picks, have pick swaps to go after a big target sure. in the offseason that could be available. For me, listening after listening to Zach Lowe, like you said, and Bobby Marks kind of break things down, yes. I think Sacramento's best move is can you make a move on the fringes? I don't know that there's a big move out there. People want to mention something like Jeremy Grant. I'm a big Jeremy Grant fan. I don't think he's available. So I, I just I cross him out. I think the Blazers are trying to keep him. So you, you cross him off the list. Um, you think about other people, like to me, it's, it's probably more in the, in the realm of Matisse Thibel. Matisse Thibel seems gettable. He does. He does. Um, but but I mean, PJ Washington, I, I, the, the Kings need some length. They need some guys that can contest a shot who have some more size out there, have some switchability. You know, whenever we talk about what we think though, teams are willing to like I don't I don't know what the Blazers what their goal is going forward right like I don't feel like I have a pulse on that I haven't read anything about the Blazers and what their pulse is on their vibe of their future and what they are trying to do because I heard at one point that someone was talking about Simons you know like in in saying hey maybe it's someone like Simon so then because Scoot is more of yeah. their but that's not something that you at the deadline but but I guess but my that's what I heard someone talking about and that is my point I go I keep hearing this a whole bunch of mixed things when really I think I feel like I'm hearing just a whole bunch of opinions and no one actually having a pulse or a feel because sure, I would love Thibel. I haven't heard anything about Thibel being really truly on the yeah, team. I've heard just in, as much in all as fair, Simon's. In all fairness, like with Kings rumors, we don't hear a lot of names. But it's not even about to. Kings. I'm th- even thinking about yeah. NBA and names that I've really yeah. heard about. So, so yeah, I, I hope more names come out because then that gives you more of a pulse and a feel of being well, like, 
where to go. Some of the names like PJ Washington with Charlotte. Look, he's not going to solve all your issues, but seven, two and a half wingspan. He's long. He could score a little bit. He could defend a little bit. Solid, right? Uh, Kuzma is a name I go back and forth on for sure. That would be a little more costly. And it seems like the Wizards are asking way too much for him. mm -hmm. It's like, okay, well, Mm -hmm. no thanks. Um, Bruce Brown seems like he's going to be on the move. Sounds like the Lakers are really in on him. Smart of them. Bruce Brown would be great for the Kings. We talked about him too. Yes. So I don't know. I don't know. I expect that the Kings make a move or two. I don't think it's going to be one of those that go, oh my God. But it's a move that I th- moves that I think can help them. And someone in our Discord, Nesto, who's like super trade thirsty, he, he loves trades. Okay. It's great. It's also borderline annoying. Oh. Like, very, like sets expectations of oh, like, oh, no, like, no, no. Well, they'll make a trade by the time they get back f- from this road trip. I'm like, well, most trades don't happen until the deadline. Anyway, sure. he, it's all in good fun. He's funny. He's been around for a long time. But anyway, um, the point I was trying to get with him. Oh, he was like, you can't waste Fox and Sabonis' prime years. And I went, waste? If the Kings get to the playoffs again, which I think they will. Sure. And play another playoff series. Experience. Growth. It's development. That, it, all it, those yes, things. You, like, it matters. Fox needs those reps. Sabonis needs yep. those reps. He needs another go you around. You can't Herter. just go from Keegan. A to F. Like, you have to go A, B, C, and it's even, think about, you guys, think about this, how we keep talking about how the improvement of closing out games. You're closing out, and you're getting wins, and you're winning ugly. Great. You're getting the win. But how can you figure out a way to close out those games the right way? Yeah. And that's what's going to make you a great team. And then if you close out those games the right way, then you take the next step in sports, and the next step in sports is winning playoff series, winning, you know, getting to the second round. Like, sometimes you you got to take the right step. Unless you just have a prime name like a Kevin Durant just added all of a sudden to your roster. And that's just not going to, that's just not reality. And then, you know, what does it do for someone like Keegan Murray in a different role? Yes, yes, This yes. playoff series compared to last year. Those reps do matter. And maybe you make some, you know, some slight tweaks. A couple other names that get brought up, Royce O'Neal, Dorian Finney-Smith. Those guys could be available too. They've been, their names have been put out there a ton in trade conversation. So you just never know. Um, but yeah, I just think you're not wasting it. I think the Kings going into next off season two can be in a position. If that pick is conveyed in all likelihood, top 14 protected pick is conveyed to Atlanta. Then you can move those picks, your salary situation. You don't have any shitty ass contracts. Yeah. The Kings are in a pretty good spot to take a swing and maybe go after someone that they like on the trade market. Yeah. No, I, I think it's, um, look, it's, it's how I think Bobby Marks put it. He goes, well, you know, anyone that thinks Monty McNair and Wes Wilcox haven't been aggressive over their years, yeah. you know, they've made 17 trades, whether all those trades you can look at being like, that was great or that was okay. Or that was, what was that? They've been active and you're just hoping that that activity can continue. And in which way, just hoping it's just not those small little, like, well, what does that even do? Does it do anything? Where someone like DeLon, right? I just go, okay, I get it. I get it for what they're trying to accomplish on the defensive end. I get it for it just being a tweak and something that might make sense um, at this time that they're at. Well, we'll be live, of course, Thursday. We're going to be live Wednesday after the Kings and Pistons game, and we will go live 
if any big Anything. trade happens, obviously if the Kings make a trade, we're going to go live to talk about it. Make sure you go to our YouTube page. I actually dropped a link in the YouTube chat tonight with a link to our NBA trade deadline watch party Ooh. show. I'm encouraging people to go there, hit the thumbs up on it now, comment, to, to make your pr trade predictions. I like it. Because it just helps more and more people see it come NBA trade deadline day. So go ahead and do that and check it out if you're watching live or later on, go to youtube.com slash at Deuce and Mo. Final thoughts, Mo. Final thoughts. Final oh, thoughts. Final thoughts. This is a wild week ahead, uh, personally, professionally, and basketball-y. Yeah. So I'm super excited. That's it? Okay, cool. Yeah. That's a real quick final short, thought. It's just short and... I liked it. Would you... You don't accept in victory what you would accept in defeat. Nope. You would... Wait. You accept... What... <laughs> Try it again. It's no, honestly oh, to never the point. accept in victory what you wouldn't accept in defeat. Pretty much it. Copy. Yeah, pretty much it. Thank you. Final thought: You take a five and two trip. Five and two trip. Five and two trip. Um, Kings come back home. You're nine games above five hundred. Cool. Buckle up. Should be a fun week. Let's just enjoy the ride. Enjoy this journey. Things can change fast. Hell, ask the Cleveland Cavaliers, who are 13 and 12 December 15th in the ninth seed. They are in the second spot in the East. You can get hot. Let's get hot. I uh, appreciate you guys so much. Drop some comments below. Hit the thumbs up. We love you, but we got to go. You all have a wonderful rest of your night. Thanks for being here. See ya! Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. They tell you what they know. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois.